by the hoary host of Hogoth, I've seen Doctor Strange. And I sat down with Shaz and opened some trading cards. And all kinds of fun stuff on your safe place to geek out. The Geek Out Loud Podcast. again everyone and welcome to geek out loud your safe place to geek out even in trying times we try to have a good time because you know that's that's what we're doing we're just having fun it's we're geeking out about stuff what is what is the geek stuff if not a means to escape from time to time a means to wrap yourself in a warm fuzzy blanket of chewy geeky goodness uh, that would include the Star Wars. That would include the superheroes. That would include even the Rocky. That would include the Tron. That would include the toys and the trading cards and the posters and the artwork and the whatever the case may be, the TV shows, the really good shows that you like. That's what this is all about. This is all about being a safe place for you to geek out, and I welcome you to it. And I'm excited because we've got a, this is what we're going to call a jam-packed show. Let me billboard a couple of things for you. Number one, I'm going to tick everybody off. I'm going to make some statements about some things that are going, that's going to make everybody mad. So get ready for that. Then, if you're still hanging around, you're going to get to hear me and Shaz Bazaar from Techno Retro Dads sitting down at the Harvest Moon Cafe here in Rome, Georgia, um, opening up a box of Tron cards and the discussion that ensues from that. Then I saw Doctor Strange. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Don't worry. I'm going to try not to. I mean, there might be some very mild spoilers, but I'm not going to, like, give away the whole movie. I'm just going to kind of give you my reaction to it. I'm not going to tell you anything about any post-credit scenes or anything. You know, I'm not going to get into too many details is what I'm telling you. Uh, if we still have time... Uh, we may do some other things, but I, it's just with all that, it's going to be a packed, packed show, and I'm excited about it. I am excited about this particular show because I'm already singing. I'm in a good mood, you know. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. Hey, listen, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. You want to support the shows? Patreon.com slash Geek Out Loud. Did you enjoy the daily goals that we did a couple of weeks ago? I did too. I had a blast. I thought they were absolutely fun. But you know what? I can't do that on a daily basis. I just, with with other work and such as, I just don't have time to be rocking it all the time like that. But if you want that, you can help us out. You can help us meet our goals by going to patreon.com slash geekoutloud. We have a featured supporter this week. His name is Jeremy Burtz. Caught downwind from an aerosol hairspray plant explosion, Jeremy found himself able to morph into any gas at will, allowing him to become intangible, nearly invisible, and able to get into places that only air can go. He also can become tear gas or knockout gas just to take down the bad guys. That's Jeremy Burtz, our featured Patreon supporter on this episode of Geek Out Loud. And I've also gotten to give a huge special shout-out and a thank you 
a thank you. A thank you so much to David Lormeyer. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, David, who has sent me more trading cards than I have time to go through. He had sent me an email, and he said, Hey, man, I've got some, uh, some Return of the Jedi cards. I've got some of last year's Journey of the Force Awakens doubles. You know, just a few doubles here or there that I want to send you. You know, that way you might be able to fill in some holes in your collection. And I was, and I appreciated it. And so I got a cool box with some stuff in it. And it's like, oh, great, great. This is awesome. I'm, I'm able to complete some sets and that sort of thing. Well, then yesterday, two boxes showed up. And they were quite the heavy because they were packed with, uh, let me just, hold on. Hold on real quick. I just got to turn and look. Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace, Batman. Um, there's some Robin Hood cards in there somewhere. There's Star Wars Gal. Just a ton of trading cards, and so many that I don't know um, when I'm I'm going to have time to go through all these. But man, what a great great gift! Thank you so much, David. That it's it's incredible the stuff that's in there. I mean, he's got on some baggies written complete sets, so I don't know if they're really complete sets or that was just kind of his way of doing some things, but I, who knows? Who knows? Terminator 2 cards. I, there's a list. Like, I just can't even tell you. I, I can't. I have no room on my desk right now to pull these boxes up and just kind of go through. But David Lormeyer, thank you so much. What an incredible, incredible gift that was and and just feeding that addiction even more, even even more than it already had been fed because Lord knows that's what I need. I need people. Um, I need, I need people enabling me in my addictions. That's exactly, isn't that what we all need? Just someone to completely enable us in what we're doing. And, and David has done that for me and I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. I am unworthy of such kindness and, uh, so thankful for it, sir. So, Thank you, David. I really appreciate that. Well, before we get too much into everything, let's jump into some emails. Tons and tons of emails in the old email bag, if there is such a thing. Uh, we begin with this from Aaron, and this is from way back in September. And I hope I haven't read this before, but I don't think I have because um, there's still a little star by it. It says, good morning, Mr. Big Honkin' Steve. May I call you Big Honkin'? I don't really do the Big Honkin' moniker anymore. It's just Steve. You can just call me Steve. Uh, you know, and then, you know, one day when we do SteveCon, it'll all make sense. Um for many years, you and Geek Out Loud have been a bright spot of happiness and laughter for me. Whenever I'd feel blue, I'd turn on a favorite episode of Goal, and when I heard that big booming laugh, I couldn't help but smile. I don't think I have a big booming laugh. I think I go into like a mouse laugh when I laugh. Um, Goal was the very first podcast I ever listened to back in 2008, or was it 09? When did Smallville Season 5 happen? You went nuts over the finale. I don't know that I was podcasting Season 5 finale. Maybe I was. Anyway, I had grown out of comics and geeky stuff because I thought that was what you were supposed to do. And I didn't really have any geeky friends to share things with, so I let my passions dim. Then came a big southern laugh, speaking passionately and positively about all things geek. My world changed. Oh, so this is just, a, this is just an email telling me how great I am. Okay, I'll continue. I've stumbled into it. I'll continue. 
Because of you, I found love for comics that I never had before. I suddenly became excited to find issues of Superman, Hulk, and even G.I. Joe, which led me down the rabbit hole that is Michael Bailey and his vast array of podcasts, which led to even more. I now have an extensive comic book collection, and I thank you for the joy and laughter you've brought in my life. Sorry for the rant, but here's the point of my letter. Okay, good. I recently started my own podcast called Tangents Abound. I see what you did here, Aaron. You suckered me in with all of your warmth and all of your kindness and all of your sweet, kind words. And then, then, you, then you're going to plug. Then, you know what? You win. If you're going to talk to me the way you just talked to me, I can't help but let you continue on with this plug. Um, he said, I figured I was going to talk, just talk about geeky stuff. Why not put a recorder in front of me? At least then I had an excuse for talking to myself about positive geek rants. Um, right now I'm covering a recent Superman story that brought me back into comics, the Lois and Clark miniseries, which pretty much makes up six of seven, six of the seven episodes I've done. This being, uh, on my first love, the wars and what it meant to me growing up. Kind of my own little Star Wars story, since I'm not worthy to be on Scott Rife. All you got to do is reach out to Rife, and the thing is, is he's backlogged like 30 years worth of episodes that he hasn't put out yet. So, um, you know, there's that. Uh, Each episode is about half an hour or so. Much like your dream of podcasting on the Forcecast, yes, I was there for that campaign. My dream would be to have you listen to my little show and give me some feedback. Um... My show can be found at tangentsabound.libsen.com. So, uh, there you go. He says, I apologize if it came off sounding a little too brown-nosing or pushy. I'm not very good at self-promotion, but every word is the truth. Let me tell you something. You brown-nose all you want to, and you'll get to promote all you want to. Thanks for taking the time to read this. And uh, and um, that's from Aaron Henley. Aaron, I wish you nothing but good times on your podcast I would say success, but I don't know what success in a podcast really looks like. Um, There was an article recently that I I saw a link to where someone was basically saying, and it's it's the standard thing of having an an inflammatory type or a a hyperbole-filled title to your article that causes people to link, to click on it. And the person was basically saying, please don't start a podcast. Don't start your podcast. And they were talking about these people that would start and try to reach out to folks and get guests on and that sort of thing. And this show has never really been about getting guests. Um, we, we've had them from time to time when, when I meet someone or, or really want to try to reach out to someone that I think I may be able to, to have on and, and have a good conversation with. But it's never really been about the guests so much. It's always been about celebrating what we love. And this And this person just kind of went off on all the little tropes that people are doing these days. And and you know what? At the end of the day, I know why I started this podcast. I know why I began doing what I'm doing. I did it because at the time I had no one to sit around and talk about the stuff in depth that I loved so much. And and, and I love the idea of being able to do something that I'd always enjoyed listening to. I'd always enjoyed talk radio. I'd always enjoyed uh, even guys like Rush Limbaugh, who, you know, regardless of what you think of his politics, um, Rush can sit there for three hours and talk and communicate. And that's something that I've always wanted to be able to do. Something that I found incredibly engaging. Mix that with some morning show people that I, lo- I love to listen to. And I just wanted to have a fun show that was positive where people could come and not feel like they were getting beat over the head with everything that's wrong with everything that we love. And 
and that's what this has been for me. And that's and it's and what it's grown into. It's grown into with a little bit of work, and a lot of patience from you, the listening audience. You know, putting up with my shortcomings as a human being and and a podcaster and a promoter and you know heading up the Patreon thing and all that good stuff. You guys have been incredible with me, and so I just try to do the best I can and give back the best I can. And you know what? At the end of the day. If you're not having fun, don't do it. And that's kind of been my mantra, and that's what I do now. So um, this comes from, well, there is no Nick. David. This comes from David. It says, hello, Steve. My name is David, and I've been a listener of yours for a number of years now. I was listening to the episode 193 of Goal when you were talking about IDW's Transformers series. I've been reading said books for about eight years now, and without giving anything away, I've really enjoyed the various books that have come out since IDW took over. However, you may not have heard what's going on right now for the Hasbro titles that IDW is publishing. All of the books are coming in together into one universe. I have heard of this. Starting this past August, a backup story has been running in some books that show General Joe Colton, the original G.I. Joe, and Scarlet talking with someone in the shadows. All right, get ready for some spoilers, gang. They are basically summarizing the past few years of Transformers and Joe storylines while setting up some of the new threats, including a Space Knight fight, Dire Wraiths in the Pacific Northwest. Yes, Rom is on Earth, and he's a space knight. Action Man is actioning around the world, and the Micronauts are trying to stop their universe from dying. Oh, and the mysterious man in the shadows Joe and Scarlet are talking to? His name is Miles Mayhem. That's right, Mask is joining the fray. This is all taking place in Revolution, and several of the titles are already out, so there's a crossover for you. I think that's enough for now, so I'll talk to you later. I have been picking up some of Revolution here and there as I can, and have really been enjoying it. Um... It's really fun to see. Here's what I'm enjoying about it. Not so much the story. The story is what it is. But what I've really enjoyed is seeing all of these toys come out of the toy box and play together, just like I did when I was a kid. I think that's what's really captured my imagination um, about this story. IDW, it's Revolution. I don't know what issue they're up to right now. I'm up to issue number three. I've picked up mask number one. Um, I have, uh, picked up the Transformers stuff that I've been able to pick up and I've really, really kind of dug into this. It's interesting because Rom is on a killing spree for some reason. He's, he's, he's killing people and they're blaming the Transformers for what Rom's doing because Rom is a robot. And so they look at the Transformers, even the Autobots, and they're saying, Hey, uh, these guys are evil. They're not good. Meanwhile, the Micronauts are down in their little universe trying to, um, as David said, trying to uh, save their universe, and that's going to end up spilling over into our world pretty soon as well. So, And Miles Mayhem, it's really interesting to watch. This is a character who has a military background. Obviously, he's, he's got the trust of uh, the original G.I. Joe and Scarlet, and, um, and, and he reveals himself to be Mayhem, and he's heading up the initial mask project. He's he's training everybody, even Matt Tracker. And um, it's coming into a situation where Tracker's like, he doesn't like the way Miles is doing things. And so you get the idea that that's going to be Tracker's turn, and that's how they're going to become enemies with uh, Mayhem's version of his mask team called, I believe, Venom is what they were called. So I'm really, really looking forward to continuing on in the story because it has been 
It's been really good. Speaking of Transformers, Logan Roberts has emailed and he says, just finished listening to a recent show and loved hearing you talk about Transformers. Well, my favorite fiction universe is Star Wars. My favorite toy line will always be Transformers. I just got back into collecting the new ones two years ago and they're knocking them out of the park. Your complaints about Hasbro and the Star Wars figures also applies to Transformers. It's very frustrating trying to find current waves and uh, many don't ever make it to m local retail. I prefer buying in the store instead of online, but many times I have to resort to it. Logan, I, I understand your frustrations there, but I also know that Transformers seems to be very niche these days. I don't know how many kiddos are getting into it. So it's, um, it, I, I, in fact, I've not talked to any kids since the movies have been coming out that are just totally into Transformers the way that I was and the way it sounds like you are and were. And so I think they're very much meant as a collector's kind of niche product. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not collecting Transformers. I will say, but I will say this, um, there are some great online sites for buying where you're not going to get scalped out of your mind. Um, and because they're, they're meant to be online retailers, um, places like M entertainment earth. If you go to Amazon, a lot of times there'll be like third party stores there that'll jack the price up. But if you can kind of keep looking at like entertainment earth, um, they'll continuously, you know, as they get the waves, they'll make sure that the waves are listed online and even for pre-orders sometimes. And that way you can be assured that you'll get them. Now I did not, wasn't planning on this. I, I just saw his subject heading and that's why I started the, the email. So please don't think I'm trying to Logan use you to roll into a commercial, but there are entertainment earth links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. And if you use those links, um, they can, you know, they'll take you there and you can, get what you need and, and it, and they really are good and they understand collectors. So they understand making sure packaging is done right and that sort of thing. So, um, I, I would suggest looking into them and not worrying about the retail stuff anymore, unless you've just got a local like mom and pop retailer that you're trying to help out. Um, because it's just frustrating. It's very frustrating these days to go out into the wild and try to find stuff especially with, with a collector's niche like that. I'd be interested in finding out about the Combiner Wars. This is something that I saw happen a year or so ago. I saw the products kind of turning that way, and I always love the Transformers Combiners. So, Logan, if you could, you or, um, or David, if you guys could maybe send me just not a whole synopsis, not a big, long three-page you know, three book or anything, but just kind of a maybe a one- or two-paragraph synopsis of what the Combiner Wars was all about, because that, just that name uh, of a storyline um, captured, my, captured my imagination, and I would love to, to see what you've got to say about that. All right, what else have we got here? Continuing on. Oh, uh, one, one point in the Daily Goal, I think it was, maybe Daily Geek Out Loud, or maybe it was a Geek Out Loud episode, um... Uh, we talked about Robotech coming to Netflix and Joey Russell says he heard me mention the old Robotech series coming to Netflix. He says he would highly recommend watching it. It's Japanese. So I think it goes without saying that the parts of it are a little on the weird side, but the overall story animation and action is fantastic. It has giant transforming mechs for the love of Pete and lots of them. And again, the animation is really top notch. You have to trudge through a few episodes where the cartoon romance gets a little heavy and slows things down, but it always picks back up and put you back in the action fairly quickly. When it originally aired here in the U.S., I was 10 years old. That was 1985, he says. And I would get up at 5.30 in the morning to watch it before having to start getting ready for school. Most of the content was way over my head. But again, there were giant transforming robots. So you get the point. 
Anyway, I hope you give it a shot. And if you do, please let me know what you think. Your geeky brother from another mother. That's Joey Russell from over in Decatur, Alabama. Wondering where where is Decatur in relation to Dothan Shaz Bazaar, who's in the chat at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. And we thank everyone who's joining us live at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. Um, I didn't really have anything. I used to watch anything. I used to watch um, uh, Inspector Gadget at 7, and I think Mask would come on at 7.30 in the mornings on our local station. So um, there you go. Uh, let's see what else we got here. More Transformers talk from Ben Roberts. Ben Roberts is the uh, composer of the Geek Out Loud song that I don't know if I'll be able to find at the drop of a hat right now because I didn't have it queued up, and I should have had it queued up. Ben, I'm really sorry for not having that queued up. But ben says, your Transformers talk is bringing me out of the woodwork. Heard you talking about Revolution on the latest podcast. The IDW universe has been going really well the past few years, and it's definitely worth the read, especially more than meets the eye. If Soundwave being an ally of Optimus Prime is confusing, wait till you see Megatron as an Autobot. What? While these things are odd coming in so late, they are natural progression of the stories being told in the comics. This brings me to the reason for my email is that Humble Bundle just announced a bundle for Revolution that includes... Many of the comics leading up to this point, if you want to catch, if you want to read to catch it up, I'd recommend starting with the death of Optimus Prime. I can't go through the death of Optimus Prime again. Why would I? Mm, why would you? Mm. Oh, this says Ben Roberts, but it's Logan Roberts. Why? Why does it say Ben Roberts, Logan? Wait, who am I thinking wrote the? Hold on. I may have given. Props to the wrong person. Now I feel like an idiot. Now I feel stupid. Daggum it. Logan, why does your why does your email say Ben? Ben Foster. Ben Foster. I'm sorry. Ben Foster wrote the Geek Out Loud song. Ben, I'm sorry. It's Logan's fault. Blame him. Ladies and gentlemen, we have we were on the cusp of good. I was reaching out and grabbing just the precipice of good. I could feel it. I could feel it happening. And then all of a sudden, a wave of mediocrity swept me backwards, and suddenly we're back to mediocre again. Let's make the podcast great again. Ben Foster had written, and he says, uh, wrote a little song for you out loud. It creeped you out, mistakenly off-putting email. Um he started two websites, one for his music and one for his sci-fi drawings. Uh, he's got a web, Bandcamp website that has his music on it. That's Ben C. Foster uh, at Bandcamp. Um, BenCFoster.Bandcamp.com. And, um, and then the artwork is at Welcome, um, which you can just go to apparently www.BenCFoster.com. My... Um, my my uh my computer is being slow tonight so um i don't know if i'm going to be able to load this up but there is a cleaner version he says of the geek out loud song on the fandom menace page so you may want to check that out gang but i want to give look this is um this is ben foster he did a lot for the show and he was a super good dude and i met him down at celebration and he never you never creep me out ben you never creep me out, so just uh, you're cool. 
you're cool. Let me see. Let's see if we can give this this bad boy a spin. Let me back this up. Here we go. This is Ben Foster. It's got a groove, man. Like, you can literally just kind of walk around being like, Geek Out Loud is on, Geek Out Loud is on, Geek Out Loud is on. And uh, so, yeah, that's Ben Foster. Ben, BenCFoster.bandcamp.com. bridge but it's just kind of a let's swing it back around and get pumped up I can't stop listening Listen, I, I I challenge you all to write a better Geek Out Loud song. I, I there, challenge laid out, boom, done. Challenge. That's Ben Foster. Back to the imposter who goes by Logan, but his email name here was Ben. He ended his he ended his email. Imposter Ben did with P.S. Who is was your favorite Transformer? Optimus Prime. I'm an Optimus Prime guy all the way. I think that he his his level of just pure out goodness and leadership and um, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Uh, you know, I absolutely just always loved loved Optimus Prime. Uh, close seconds include uh, Blur because he talked fast and was fast. I also liked Ironhide in the movies. I really dug Ironhide in the movies. Um, but I also like Ironhide on the on the show, on the cartoon, on the old cartoon. And everything I'm talking about comes from G1 Transformers. I'm, I'm not as familiar with some of the newer stuff. Um, I, any of the combiner stuff, I always loved. I always loved the combiner you know, teams, whether it was the Constructicons or the aerial bots or the, the, the defense, what are they called? The protective bots, uh, the stunticons, the terracons, the predacons, um, all of those different ones I really like because they just kind of captured my imagination where they'd all come together to make one big, 
giant robot. I always dug Omega Supreme, Skylinks, um, and these are. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head with some that I that I had that I loved. I really liked Rodimus Prime as the toy. Uh, I had the toy and I liked him. I liked Hot Rod's toy. Uh, character wise, okay, they're, they're cool. They're fine. They're fine. Perceptor was neat because he was a microscope. Soundwave and Blaster were both really cool because you know they had the tapes that came with them and and on the cartoon, you know those things. They they made some use of those different guys. Rumble and Frenzy and Laserbeak and uh, Savage or Ravage. Ravage eject operation. Whatever he would say. Um, what else we got here? Couple of couple of more things. Uh, our good friend Doc Zen watched Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Doc actually turned me on to an Incredible Hulk cartoon that I didn't realize had been produced by Marvel Animation. It was Incredible Hulk and basically an Incredible Hulk Doctor Strange mashup, which I really enjoyed and had a lot of fun with. Uh, but he also checked out Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. This is the animated uh, movie that is. The 66 Batman. Uh, Adam West, Burt Ward did voices as well as Lee Merriweather uh, was the Catwoman. I heard today on a podcast that they're going to make a second one, and Will Shatner is going to be playing Two-Face, so that's pretty cool. And it's from a script that was, that Harlan Ellison wrote way back when that never got used. But Doc uh, watched this, and he says, I thought I would send him my review. I'm a giant Batman fan, except for Ben Snorlack. Oh, come on. Affleck, I think, makes a pretty good Batman. As a kid, I loved the reruns of the 60s Batman. We all did. It was my first introduction to Batman, and I didn't know it was campy. Yes, I want an alphabet soup to scrambler computer. <laughs> Quick, Robin, to the alphabet soup to scrambler. The animated movie stayed very true to the original TV show. The animation, the voice acting, and the script are also true to the show. It makes you feel like you're a kid again, watching it on a Saturday morning, eating a bowl of delicious Quisp cereal. No, no one eats Quisp. Just shut up about Quisp. All the puns, jokes, and Easter eggs make it watchable at least a couple of times. Adam West, Burt Ward, and the super sexy Julie Newmar all return his voice. I thought it was Lee Merriweather, not Julie Newmar. Maybe it is Julie Newmar. I thought it was Lee Merriweather. There's a Catwoman Easter egg that made me laugh out loud. It is, is it campy? Yes. Is it full of hard-hitting social commentary on the state of the rich versus the poor? No, it's just a bit of fun. You can relax and have some fun watching. Animated, I give a solid 8, maybe a 9. They're not trying to be fancy, but they stay true to the TV show. Script, I'd give an 8. Stayed so true to form. Overall, I'm giving it a 9 because I love the old TV show as a kid. It was a great callback to it. The next one will fe feature William Shatner as Two-Face, as I already said. So, so till my next email, stay tuned. Same Doc time, same Doc channel. Thanks, Doc Zen. I want to check it out. I've not seen it, and I'm really looking forward um, to, to checking it out because I really, really... Uh, you know, have a soft spot as as I think most people my age do a soft spot for the old '66 Batman. Uh, really quickly, we've got a couple of very loyal Goldiverse listeners that have some plugs they want to make. First comes from our good friend Matthew Marks. Uh, he says, "I really enjoyed your daily goal experiment. I hope more people hop aboard the Goldiverse Patreon to make daily goal a regular thing." As a fan, mm, you're a listener, Matthew, of the Goldiverse uh, for almost five years. I've always wanted to share. The shows with my friends. The only problem is there rarely seems to be a good opportunity. Well, you can just kind of bring it up randomly in conversation. The minute you say hello, just say, hey, how's it going? I listen to Geek Out Loud. You should too. But just recently, I found a new way to get the word out. I started a blog about my geeky interests, my faith, and life as a dad. With each post, I will highlight some form of media, a book, a movie, a TV show, a podcast, or something else I'm into. My first pick was Geek Out Loud. 
If you head over to, actually, it's geekycatholicdad.com, geekycatholicdad.com, you'll see my latest, well, second post, which is about my Star Wars fandom, included the post is a spotlight of the Geek Out Loud podcast network. Uh, Wait, has this whole email actually been a selfish plug for my blog? Well, not the whole email, but I figure I scratch your back. I scratch my back, you scratch mine. Okay. Uh, I see what you did there. I put let me let me reread that sentence the way it was written. But I figure I scratch my back, you scratch mine. Yeah, that's what you said. I put a review of your shows in front of a new audience, and you read this email, which gets the word out about my new blog. Keep up the great work or the good working towards great work on the shows. Well, we slip back to mediocre, and I blame Logan. It's all Logan's fault. Logan, you can write in an apology, and I'll even put it to. Uh, I'll read it, and I'll put it to. Uh, to good use, I'll put it to the uh, to the slow ho- walking away music. This that's geek geekycatholicdad.com. Let's see what we've got here, just to give you a taste of what he wrote a review for Doctor Strange, which is up there right now. Uh, he's got a post about his son, my Star Wars fan, and for my first post prologue blog post, he says I figured I'd dive into one of the things I geek out about Star Wars. And he gets into his fandom and very got into it. Wow, it's a very long post and well written. It looks like I'm, as I'm perusing, I'm not seeing anything. He has a lightsaber duel with uh, Goofy. Here's what we came to see: Geek Pick, Geek Out Loud podcast. Every so often, I'm going to share some form of media. He says, whether it be a blog, a website, a podcast, or a book that I've enjoyed, I call them GCD picks. Some will have to. That's Geeky Catholic Dad. Some will have to do with my geeky interests, some will relate to my faith, and some will relate to fatherhood. This is the first one, but in the future, you'll be able to find a full list of picks by clicking GCD Picks in the navigation bar at the top of the page. This week's pick is a podcast called Geek Out Loud. Well, I say podcast, but it's more like a podcasting empire run by a man named Steve Clawson. That's me. All right. So there it is. He gives us... Thank you so much for that, Matthew Marks. And uh, if anyone found us from from reading Matthew's blog, please email and let us know, geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Matt is a great part of the Goaliverse, a, a, a regular Mixler Zoo crew member, and so I'm more than happy to plug Geeky Catholic Dad, his, um, his blog for you guys, geekycatholicdad.com. And then another good friend of the show, uh, Jeff Lane, uh, says... He's got a new novel that he's got out. It's called The Three Scrooges, and it's been accepted by Amazon's Kindle Scout program. Uh, the way this works is um, you can be nominated by readers and fans to receive an actual honest-to-goodness book publishing contract, and that's where we come in, he says. He needs us to nominate The Three Scrooges, and I'll tell you what it's about in a minute. And um, you go to the Kindle Scout website, and you browse never-before-published books. Every book has 30 days to earn your nominations. You nominate your favorite. When you discover a book you think is great, um, hint, he says, the three Scrooges nominate it, and the book will be added to your nominations panel. Uh, When a book's 30-day campaign ends while in your nominations panel, your nomination is tallied and removed from your panel. You'll receive an email to let you know whether your book has been selected selected for publication. Uh, Here's the important bit, he says. As a thank you from Kindle Scout and the author, you'll receive an early free copy of the Kindle Scout books you nominate that are published. Continue to champion the books and authors you helped by bringing life, uh, bringing to life by leaving reviews and sharing with friends. It's just that simple. Um, 
Now here's the thing: we're we're kind of late on the on the ball on this, so I need you, he needs our help as the Goliverse. The campaign for the three Scrooges runs from October 26th to November 25th. So at the time of this recording, we've still got 17 days, a little over two weeks. When this is out, we'll have about two weeks to to nominate this thing. Um, it's kindlescout.amazon.com, and uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for him. Um, and uh, Jeff Lane has been a huge supporter of the Goliverse. He's been around for the longest time and he's a great guy so help him out um help him help him live a dream by nominating his books let's find out what this is about the historical science fiction adventure takes charles dickens ebenezer scrooge on a wild ride through christmases of past present and future once again this time however he doesn't travel with gross ghost not gross <laughs> he doesn't travel with gross uh but travels with two other versions of himself Ebenezer Scrooge is a generous and loving family man. He loves Christmas. Each year he throws a joyous Christmas party on Christmas Eve in his counting house with his business partner, Bob Cratchit. On this particular Christmas Eve, after the Scrooge family has gone to bed, Ebenezer is woken up by a group of strange visitors to his room. The ghost of Christmas past, present, and future, as well as two other versions of himself. The ghosts tell the Scrooges that an event in the past has split their lives into three different courses. This splintering of one life into three has put all of creation at risk, and the Scrooges must travel through time to determine which Scrooge is the real Ebenezer Scrooge and then prevent the event that turned them into three. Armed with implements from all three ghosts, the three Scrooges travel to the future and work their way backward. This is in each of their lives. This Christmas Eve, Ebenezer Scrooge isn't just trying to save his soul, but the whole universe. So this is uh, Jeff's take on the old Christmas Carol mythology. Sounds fun. Sounds like he's combined a lot of our interest into it. So check it out. KindleScout.amazon.com. Uh, look for the three Scrooges and give it an old nomination. And um, and uh, if you use the old Kindle situation, the Kindle Scout and that sort of thing, uh, it it'll really really help him out. And he's a great, uh, as I said, he's a great guy um, and a great supporter of the Goliverse. And we want to support. Listen, if you've got something like this going on. And you want the Goliverse's support? We will throw it your way because we definitely help and support our own. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's going to be me and Shaz at the Harvest Moon Cafe in downtown Rome, Georgia, opening some Tron cards. Coming soon to Netflix. Hello. One man will hold an entire town hostage. Who is this? To offset Who is this? his expenses. If you want to support the shows, one of the best ways you can do it is by using Amazon uh, Shop <gasps> at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com. I, I don't know what that means. If you want to support the shows directly. I, I need you to tell me what to do. What should I do? You can do so through patreon.com. Patreon.com slash this fall, clear your cookies. All right, I've done this without letting you know, Shaz, but uh, I fired up the old recorder here. Oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm microphone shy. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Yeah, you are. Camera shy. We are. We are sitting in downtown Rome, Georgia, 
opening Tron original Tron card. Can you Shaz can you can't get over the smell. The smell is the same. <laughs> I love the wax pack smell. And uh, so far, here's what's great to me is on the packets, on the packs of cards, it says you get tips for winning the Tron video game. Well, here's one with the Master Control Program, the old MCP. It says, in this domain, Tron's objective is to blast a hole in the rotating colored column of the MCP as it ascends toward him. If it touches him, he'll be derezzed. If Tron reaches the cone of light above the MCP, he's, he has accomplished his objective. That's not a tip. No, that's the tip. In case you didn't know, that's you're supposed to go up into the cone or that it's a, rotating. That's not a tip. Well, you know, that, these people, they're like, well, well, why do I keep dying whenever I hit the colors? Then those people don't need to be playing a video game. <laughs> they're like, well, how do you shoot all the all the things? They just keep making new ones. No, it's rotating. See, yeah. it's a tip. They're not going to open it's themselves, Shaz. you got to keep going. Are here. we going to do the whole box? Why not? Dude, that's the greatest. Dude, this one just fell open. I want to steal one I'm of these. I'm seeing some of these. Are, yeah, take, take, please, please. So, not the whole pack. Of I mean, i got to be honest with you. The whole, we've, we've been eating supper tonight. Hold and, on. The, and for the most part, the supper has been. Star Wars. It has been a Geek Out Loud <laughs> episode. Sorry, sorry you missed it. <laughs> okay, okay. This is a. Uh, the entry rack, the game start. Okay, you want to hear right. the tip? Yeah, let's hear the tip. When, <laughs> here's, here's your tip. When starting play, Tron, the player, begins... Yeah, you, you, you've never played this game. This is what it is. Tron, the player, begins in the center of a maze consisting of four colored areas. Each area represents a domain of Tron's electronic world. By moving a bright green spot at the center of the maze, the player selects his domain and begins play. See, that's your tip. That's not a tip. That's in, that's gameplay this instructions. Is, <laughs> it's 1982. Okay, look, this shows me that maybe I'm not as much a child of the 80s as I thought I was. Wait, no. Because I think of when I think of later tips, 80s. when I think of tips, I think of Nintendo Power, and here's the map to beat Zelda. There was no Nintendo in 1982. <laughs> uh. The I/O tower or the input/output tower. This is the thing with the little hopping hoom drones, hoom dorms, the little spiders. Grid bugs. Grid bugs. Grid bugs, and which have like half a scene in the movie. Here's your tip. In this challenge, Tron is armed with his flight disc and must destroy the deadly grid bugs that emerge from the grid surrounding the I.O. tower. As the grid bugs grow outward from tiny squares to mature adults, they multiply and populate the entire screen, if not stop. If they touch Tron, they can derez him. So his objective is to enter the I.O. tower to find another disc, increasing his firepower before the timer expires. Again, it's gameplay instructions. It's gameplay instructions. Well, it's tips. In case one's going to have a picture of the joystick and say, if you push it to the left, it moves left. If you to the oh, right, please. right, and please. the spinner, the paddle, the, yes. you know, can't wait for the this light moves cycle. His arm. Can't wait for the light cycle tips. <laughs> By the way, these cards are really sharp. The black background, you, a blue. 1982. They look brand new. They, well, the, the, they're brand new. Open. I mean, they've been open. Yeah, but. Even then, yeah. you're just in a wax pack. That's true. Yeah, these things should have faded. But I've got a, a set at home. Yeah. They're just as black. Yeah, they, I mean they look fantastic. I love the blue borders. I love that. I've not come across the first card that takes place before, in the real world. In the real world, yeah, that's yeah. all on the grid. It's amazing. That's why we're here. That's amazing. It's that's a big grid. door. 
That's a big door. It's a big door. That was great. I love that in Legacy. Yes, when he did that. When, when he did that, I was like, yeah! Well, it was the same door. No. Was it not the, not same, the door? same door? Well, it's not the same spot. Okay, but it's the same kind of door. Like, it's an identical door. It may be an identical door. Door Talk with Shaz and Steve. <laughs> Coming to you from the Harvest Moon Cafe in, in lovely Rome? downtown Rome, Georgia. Georgia. Here we go. Light cycles. No, <laughs> no oh, tips. No, no tips Blank on the back. light cycle. We've already done the I.O. tower. But it's not printed like like the gameplay. What so about, maybe it'll be different. What about, is it, uh, I guess it's Clue. One version of Clue. Solar Sailor. When he was orange? Yeah, we open up with at the beginning, yeah, in, uh, in, in the original Tron. Yes, and for the whole time, while he's in his little, while he's in his little tank, he's talking like this. Thank you, bit. Do we have an outfit? And then when he gets in front of the MCP or Sark, he's like, he suddenly goes full Jeff Bridges. <laughs> I wonder if they filmed those at radically different times after he had already done some of the. Uh, I've I, I listened to a I commentary. Know the order of that. I've listened to the commentary. And, and Jeff Bridges kind of points out, he's like, I don't know why I went there. <laughs> now I can understand why he's being tortured, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Wait, he well, goes, when, when, he, when he first starts talking to him, no, stop. He, he's like that at the first is interrogation. He? Yeah, it's not until he starts getting hit, I think. Okay. Well, that explains Yeah, I think so. I think it's when he starts getting shocked by the old clue. See, I'm messing up my Tron cred by not knowing what that's called. Oh, it's I fine. haven't done a Tron cast in over a year now. Wow. Really? We, we, it's been a long time. I hate time. that that show got canceled, though. Oh, that thing was great. I was telling somebody about it the other day. They, they didn't like the movie. They thought it was slow. It was Rifen. The Tron Legacy? It was Scott Rifen. He the Tron, not Legacy? Like a Tron Legacy. I, don't, I think it was Scott. I'm slandering him otherwise. Go ahead. It was in a text. Listen, we're up against a hard break. <laughs> Gonna be a hard break, um, that's right. I I'm, I'm really, truly am digging that none of these take place in the real world. And and so it's just a lot of shots, from the, which is what you want from a Tron card set. Dreyfus. Wow. He didn't like Legacy. Wow. thought it was slow. I, I was like, you thought Tron was slow? You mean 82? He said, no, I loved 82. Well, he says he saw 82 and he loved it. I think a lot of people misremembered how much they loved the 82 Tron. Because 82 Tron is slow. Oh, it's it's incredibly slow. And, and I think that when Legacy kind of kept, it didn't keep the same pacing, but it's kind of the same story, it's the same, same you know, beats. it's the same beats and everything, I think people just forgot that, oh, I just thought I liked that movie, I like the visuals, I really think that's what people thought, card number 51 of the Tron set is the poster, the classic yes. poster, I love it, of her, almost a ripoff of the Luke Leia logo of Star Wars, it is, yeah. Is it's it straight up. Be, do uh, I don't know if it is, but it, if that doesn't say Luke Leia, that's that's it. Oh man, I forgot to bring you something. This one's gonna have the tip. Oh, here we go. Life cycle for uh, tip. I, <laughs> let's talk Tron before I do this. Okay. 1982 was in those weird Disney years. Yes. Yeah, the Black Hole 1979. Yes. 1980, the greatest movie Disney put out during that time. Watcher oh, in the woods. <laughs> Actually, Tron's better, but we love that movie. That Watching Woods? Yes. It gives me you the know, it's got a different, it's got an alternate ending. Do, do they all get sucked into the mirror? 
No aliens, man. It's aliens. I can handle aliens, but man, they go full on a cult. Oh, dude, it is. That thing freaked us out when we were kids. But it's a I showed my kids movie. Abby the other day. She's like, "Can we watch that again? We haven't watched that in like a year." Oh, <laughs> watch Flight of the Navigator. I don't think I've shown them Flight. Yeah, I have shown them Flight of the Navigator. That's such a good movie. I love. Flight I, of the Navigator. I didn't see it until we started checking the retro dads. Really? I've not seen it. Um, uh, Chris Luby from Smore Geeks wanted us to watch it. Yeah. That's a good movie. That's yeah, a good I love movie. it. I love it. All right, here is Light Cycle Grid. All right. Here is your tip. Your tip. Tron is the blue light cycle Thank and can you. control his speed by using the trigger control. All right. His objective is to box in his opponents, mm -hmm. forcing them to run out of territory. All right. The cycle's light traces are deadly if they are crossed, and the walls are just as dangerous if they are hit head on. With each rap completed, the amount of enemy cycles increases for an even greater challenge. Each rack? Yeah, every time, like you would, it if, does you, say rack, if you finish the starting Yeah. Um, oh, the thing. whole thing is called yeah, a rack. I yeah. guess. Let me go, you know what? Entry rack. Let me go entry back. rack. Okay, yeah. Let, yeah, me, yeah, yeah, let yeah. me go back to uh, the, the entry rack tip. Entry rack tip. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's why I love Tron. That was the first game I ever beat. Really? And then it started another four level. Right yeah. So and only harder. Only but it harder. was awesome. I used to love to watch people play it. I could never play it still to this day. Really? When we were in Loganville. Yeah. It's like I just couldn't get it done. I'm like, I'm a failure. That, that's because it wasn't glowing with the black lights. They didn't have the black lights on it. That adds to the magic. You're able to play better. Did they used to have black lights on it? Oh, you, you, you don't remember the, the joystick used to glow blue? No, because the... the because the, the black lights on the side. They, the black lights were in the machine. They just weren't working. Oh. The machine I used to play on as a kid was in St. Simon's Island at the Casino Bowling Alley. Scott will know what I'm talking about. It's not there anymore. Oh. But I'm under, like, harsh fluorescent lights. Like, it wasn't an arcade-type setting. Yeah, that's was, not, yeah. you got to have the black lights. Yeah. Although... I played it on, you can read this one, Track the, Maze. The this Tank the Maze. Tank Maze. Oh, gosh. Here's, this is going to really help me because I always struggle with this level. Tron drives a red tank through the maze. That's a good tip. I, I knew that already. Watching for Sark's enemy blue tanks. Tron's tank has a unique ability to, to fire bouncing energy pellets. Can fire around corners and has a rotating turret. The enemy, now this is a tip. The enemy tanks can only fire in the direction of travel and must be hit three times to be destroyed. So you get behind those jokers and you're golden. I did not know that. That is a, that's a tip. I did not know that. That's a tip. I didn't know that either. The number of enemy tanks increases as a player earns higher racks. Tron has one other advantage. The pink diamond random relocator in the center of the maze can relocate into a random location. I can never Sometimes make it to the center right of the maze. Sometimes right in front of another tank. Right. <laughs> that right. does happen. Listen, I've never made it to the pink <laughs> random locator, so. I'm loving these cards. Oh. See, we're doing this too fast. This yeah. is too fast. Here's, here's how I do cards. Oh, they're numbered on the front. They're numbered on the front. I, I go ahead, every pack I open, I just start sorting. And yep. then from that one forward, I sort the next pack, and then I add them in number-wise to I, the first pack. What I do is, is I take 
I'll take a set number. I'll just like I'll go ahead and open them and look through them. Do you? And then I'll just start taking like a little stack, and I'll be like, all right, this is forty-three. There's the fours. That's seven. There's the ones. I used to do that, but usually I'm doing it in the car now because I don't wait. Like with the those new things you turned me on to. I did not turn you. You did. Schwab turned you on to those. Did he? The Rogue One. Yeah, because he opened them on air. Oh, what's Schwab doing? Yeah, the Rogue One mission. But you and I were texting about it too. Because I wanted you guys to understand me. Y'all were. So I've got I've, I've gotten some of these now. Yeah. And I started the first pack, and then I'm, I'm sh- I shuffle the next ones in. What I've done on these, though, since the numbers are on the back, mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the fronts. I'm not looking at the fronts till I have the whole set. Oh, so set. you're going for the whole set. I'm going for the set. Oh, I think I have some doubles. I should have told cars. you to bring them in your car. Yeah. I got my sets in the car. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some doubles in my car, so I'm pretty sure I do. Because when I was down at my parents' house the other week and I had to be there for a few days with nothing to do, yeah. I just brought my cards and I'm like, well, I can sort all these things out while I'm down there. <laughs> so, um, how about our server's probably going to hate us for sitting here doing this, but come on. But yes, you probably will. There's plenty of room. I shouldn't shuffle in duplicates. And I'll even I'll even wait I'll even just make piles and wait until I come across the doubles to start sorting out the doubles. Here's the one thing I've not seen. This whole pack's doubles. I've not seen a card number one yet. By the way, the box we opened was a pristine. Oh, it was. It box. had not been nothing had been tampered with this thing at all. And 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 Steve even does it display style, punches it out, of course. folds it up the way it's supposed of to be. Of course. Um, this, and also some of these packs, the wax and the glue are so old they just kind of fall apart. Yeah. So I picked up one when I opened it, it was falling open. There's your one that got opened perfectly with no oh, tears if you want to take that one home with you there. It goes in the Tron collection. That way. Now did you have the Tron toys? Did you have any of those? I did not. Yeah, I didn't have any I didn't of them. Either. I, I do now. I've oh, got yeah? I've got a light cycle I got up in West Virginia last year. I've got um I got a Sark somewhere along the line, probably yeah. late eighties, early nineties. Did those guys light up? Was that their deal? No. They were just they were just clear plastic. Okay, they were translucent. Yeah, but you know the idea is it yeah. kind of kind of looks like it. But really, their lines are white, and the rest of them are their color. Right. It's the, it's the reverse of what it is in the movie too. Oh, really? Because the movie, remember, they're white, they're white and, and their lines, and the are, lines are the colored. Yeah. But they're cool nonetheless. What's really cool is to see the behind-the-scenes stuff where those outfits are basically. Black and white, or it's, like it's just white a with sharpie. You yeah, know? that's what it is. Yeah. The uh, have you seen the new light cycles they came out with? Original Tron, but I forget who it was who put them out. The figures are like really skinny looking and like micronauts or something. Like oh wow! That. These things go for sixty bucks a piece on eBay, and I just can't do yeah, it. I haven't seen those. Can't do it. Are these for like the Tron Legacy? Uh, no, no, they're the original Tron, but it's like a twenty-fifth anniversary or something oh, no, like I that. Seen those. Now, I, I, every I keep looking for a set that's going to come up cheaper. Yeah. Oh, it's forty forty dollars a cycle and figure, but that's just beyond me right now. I can't do that. One thing that they don't do today, and I and I talk about this on a blog that's not been posted. Because back in the day with these card sets, your card number one would literally be like a title card of some sort. Yeah. And it might be a poster, it might be a publicity steal, 
you know, the Empire Strikes Back number one was Darth Vader flanked by snowtroopers. Snowtroopers. Snow or stormtroopers. Any, but the point is, it was a title card. Well, now, like, if you go through your Rogue One mission briefing cards, card number one is Palpatine and Padme in the Senate. And it just kind of starts. And it's like, do a title card. Yeah. You know, same thing with, like, the title Force Awakens card. Yeah. Because that's the set. Yeah. ETs like that. Yes. And the last card is a checklist. That's right. Exactly. I have exactly. a checklist that's filled out of my, on my ET set and one that I didn't mark yes. on. I, I mean, those checklists were invaluable back in the day. Yeah. But see, nowadays, people will buy a box, and they'll go through them just looking for the hits, as they call them, yeah. for the sketch cards, for the autograph cards. Shaz is sitting here organizing. I'm sorry. I'm not talking. I'm supposed to be talking. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. This is great radio. I just, love that you're, I just love that you're sitting there organizing these cards, and I'm, like, looking for a specific one. You're, you're looking for number one. I'm looking for number one to That's see. That's the hit card. To see how Donruss did it. I, I thought it was that one, but it's I did not. too. I mean, that would be a good one. Well, the, the movie poster one would have been a good number movie one. Movie poster would have been a good number one. I imagine number one will look something number like that. Number one is going to be this sticker, wherever it is, just says Tron. That's I what bet I that's think. That's what it's yeah. going to be. I don't remember. I've got the set, and I don't remember what it is. If I Listen, if I go through this whole box and don't have a full set of Tron cards, that's going to be. I'm almost kind of rooting for that at this point. <laughs> We're more than halfway through. Uh, oh, way more than. And halfway I don't know through. that we have. Well, I haven't sorted them all. Well, uh, you know what? That's not your job. I got number two. I've had several of those. Oh, come up. well, sorry. Oh, clue. That's what spawned the clue conversation earlier. Oh, is that what it, what got yeah, you going? Yeah. Was that one? When I saw him, I'm like, look. The at thing him. about these, though, it is a poster on the back. Yeah, there's a full size. There's poster? nothing else. It's big. I laid it out on Luke's yeah. bed. Usually they're like nine cards, yeah, like exactly. three by three, and they fit well in the card sleeves, right, you know, yeah. that you put in your binder. Yeah. Not this thing. Really? This thing is is it's the whole deal, man. I think every card is part of it. I really dig this one. I'm going to show you. It's card number 43 for those of you playing along at home. Tron card number 43. Oh, I like that one. The MC, just like a shot of the MCP. And you're like, what is going on It's here? the North Pole, man. That's a, that's a candy cane right there. It is. From that shot, it looks like a yeah. candy cane in the Northern Lights. Now, Techno Retro Dads, um, I got I got a Techno Retro for you guys. Okay. It was a made-for-TV movie. I believe it came on ABC. It started one of the Charlie's Angels. And it was uh, called The Night They Saved Christmas. It had, uh, oh my gosh, what's the guy's name? Not Wilford Brimley. The other gruff old man playing Santa Claus. And it's all about this family that lives, I guess they live up in Alaska. Yeah. And they, and, and the folks. Jack, Jacqueline, in, uh, the black-haired Charlie's yes, Angel. Yes, uh, That's who it is. Yes. And they're drilling. The dad works for an oil, oil company. company. And and they're, blo they're is blasting. It, it's not John Ritter. No, it's not John Ritter. It's who is it? I don't think I could even name him if I saw him. Um, it's not the guy from Airplane. No. Striker. No. But the old. But his boss is someone who's kind of well known, a character actor guy. Man, I haven't seen this in so long. But anyhow. The whole thing is, is this oil company is blasting near North Pole City, yes. and if they and, and they're blasting in the wrong place, and so and the gotta, kids, the kids, they go meet Santa Claus. They end up getting right. stuck in, in some weather with their mom, who happens to be a pilot, and they're rescued by an elf, 
who takes yeah. them on to North Pole City to meet Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. And the, and the whole dad game. doesn't believe it. Right. Until the older two kids go out to try to find Santa again to prove everything. And the younger kid's left at home and he's crying. He's always whining about something. But it's this great fun movie because it explains away everything you've ever wondered about Santa. For example, how does he get in houses with no chimneys? Well, he's got a teleporter on his sleigh. And Santa Claus hates Jingle Bells. The elves yeah. are all singing Jingle Bells. And he comes and he's like, I've told you. You can sing White Christmas. Now, there are you can sing other Santa Clauses that use it as their clue to just come bursting in. <laughs> but, you know... That's a classic story. I, 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 I'm waiting for that one to come up in December. I mean, why was I waiting, just holding on to that? There was something about you know Steve's stories I was waiting to, to bring out at Christmas, oh, and nice. I just blew it right nice. here. Oh, that's great. Just blew it right Dude, here. Uh, that, yeah, that was a fun moment with Santa. <laughs> oh, 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 I got to tell you, if I can give you one tip for the holiday season, you want to spend the holidays in comfort. There it is, number one. Oh wow! What is it? This is kind of this. This kind of follows the modern day line. It's just Sark talking to soldiers. Oh, that's the new recruits. The new yeah. uh, uh, conscripts. Right. So none of these cards. There is no title card. There's no title card, which it's is disappointing. That are cool. But also, none of these cards take place in the real world. None. That's awesome. You're, that is awesome. Yeah. And there was no wave two. No, this not is at all. It. Yeah, no series two. Oh man. So, yeah, unlike today, today's well, of course now Star Wars, the original Star Wars card had five series. You know. Yeah. They had the they had the initial blue cards. I think they went red. Well, I know red, green, then blue. I remember those. Blue was the first, then red. Then orange is the last one, and I think it goes yellow, green, orange, or green, yellow, orange. But so those blue, are the red, colors. green, yellow, orange. I think so. That makes sense. Yeah. And um, those cards, you want to talk about, like, I've, I've been amassing a full set of those. Really? Harder to do than you might think. I don't have that many of those. And, but those cards. The only ones I have are the ones I've always had. Yeah. That first set, not so great. But as you get into the second, third sets and beyond, they're doing behind-the-scenes stuff. They're doing great shots of characters that you couldn't really make out in the movie. They're, I mean, like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's... it's. So that's how we, we saw some of these aliens in the cantina. We had seen them quickly, but then we studied the cards. Right, exactly. Or, or the holiday special. But this... The holiday special that eluded everyone. How about that young millennial that when we walked in, I was holding the box of Tron cards, he's like, they make those? <laughs> I should have, we should have asked if he ate cereal. Oh, you know, we should have, millennials yeah. don't eat cereal. Where is that guy? You you picked up the whole set on the eBay? Of I picked Tron up cards? the whole set on the eBay. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was years ago. Yeah. Uh, when, when that when that teaser trailer came out yeah. for Tron, for Tron Legacy, Legacy, which is completely not at all what what we saw in the movie, right, right. Immediately, I was like, I don't have a copy of Tron. How do I not have a copy of Tron? Yeah. So I get on the Amazon, 
I didn't use my links of geek out loud link. This was before then. I was going to say, before, this is before yeah, that this before, existed. This is before I had an Amazon link. Was Geek Out Loud even a thing in 09? Yes. Yeah, it was, because you were already on, on Forcecast yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, and I did have We an had Amazon. already met. No, we had not no. met. We met in 2010. Yeah. I, 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 um, yeah, I took a picture of one of your kids as an Ewok. That was 2012, I think. Oh, okay. I think. Probably was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably was, because I wasn't wearing a Geek Out Loud, because I'm not wearing a Geek Out Loud shirt in that yeah. picture I have. So. Yeah. You got a picture of, of Luke? You know that's my costume. Yes. From 83. Oh, no way. Yes. Really? The head is not. Okay. The hands are not. The feet are not. But the body. But the body is, and I still have the old head. And what I did is, it's got a little back flap that comes down here. Well, you're never going to see it. Yeah. Um, and I, I there are mittens. <laughs> and so you'll never see any of that stuff again. So I threw a new hand, so I've used the mittens. Rip the stitches right. and just use the same fur. Oh wow! And then uh, I use that back flap, so I piece together hands mm -hmm. with real Ewok fingers. You know, they only have three fingers. How did they braid her hair, Leia's hair, that well? I always thought she did it herself. I think. Because so. what's she doing up there? Just exactly. sitting around. She's just sitting around. Yes, yeah. yeah. she made her a dress. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been 2012. That would have been Celebration Five. Yeah. Six. Six, I mean. Yeah. I get my because five we went, that was a test run. They had never been to a celebration. We've been to fan days, yeah. not a celebration. Took mom with us. And, and I met you then at five? I think we met at five. Okay. Were you, you were back at the Force Cast booth. Yeah, I would hang out back there. And, and, and I think that's, that's when all I met I, you. All I wore that entire weekend was, was a Geek Out Loud shirt. Yeah. yeah. But, like, how lame can you get? Well, they missed a ton of the convention because, you know, Mom was like, that's too too long for them to be out there yeah. and all this stuff. She convinced them to go on that Saturday morning when George Lucas was on stage. Yes. She convinced them to stay at the pool while I went, you know, while I went down, you know, like four in the morning. Right. It, huge line already. Yes. Yeah, I was in it. And uh, Kermit the Frog, Jeremiah, I'm walking by. He just grabs me and says, Shaz, you're back. You're right here. Nice. I wasn't going to go see George Lucas. What were you there for? I, I was just going into the show for. That's it. You know, we always start at four in the morning. Really? That's what. Oh yeah, we always do. Huh. We go down there. So not, not when everybody else goes and does, I didn't. It's at Anaheim. Yeah. At Anaheim, I, I dressed up and, and walked down at the right time because I was costumed the whole time. wasn't going to do that. I was going to do it one day, but. Every you night were, I would hear. Was this the Honda? Yeah. yeah. Down at, at when we when we'd be leaving to go to dinner. Yeah. After I'd taken everything off, people were talking about Honda. They're like, okay. I hope I see him tomorrow. Yeah. So I was like, Well, I got to do it tomorrow. Then you, then and Friday you were the only one. I was the only have one. Have you seen another Hondo since then? I have seen some. None who are articulated. That's cool. It's just a. Filoni was taken yeah. away with. I think I scared him. Really? I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, we're on the escalator at one point. Yeah. I'm going up the escalator, and I see him. He's going down. I just and he just kind of zoned out there right. for a second, and 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 I say, "Hey, I'm talking," and, and and he's just like, I, "I'm." And, 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 <laughs> you got a picture with him, though, so did We did not. I really? never was able to get a picture with him. And then uh, I'm at church Sunday morning. 
of celebration. Yeah. And I was on my way back and uh, over to celebration. I'm getting texted, and uh, Craig Batts is like, Filoni is talking about you right now. Yeah, Where are I you? I heard him say something on a panel. I, I, I missed that. I've never heard that. I'm like, he's talking about Shaz. Never heard it. I'm sure that's still out there somewhere it on the YouTube. probably is. It's Y'all on, send the Shaz the over to Techno Retro Dads, the panel, where Filoni talked about someone cosplaying as, uh, as Hondo. Now, he was interviewing with Andy Gutierrez. Oh, was he when he was doing the When he was doing that, he talked about Hondo. Okay, I, then, was, I remember doing it. And I didn't see that till after we were back home, yeah. you know. And she's like, oh, I got to see you, got to see you. Well, I ran into her. She ran into me while I was waiting, trying to get in to see the Clone Wars. Who is she? Andy. D. Gooch? Yeah, D. Gooch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You met D. Gooch? Yeah, she came up to me. She I comes up, she said, I finally found you. I'm like, I'm right here. I said, can you get me in? She said, no, there's only one seat for me. Turns out, they, once they the thing was full, yeah. There was room for me. They sure. pulled me in. Yeah. You just stay there. You wait. You can get in. Oh, that's what. Listen, down in Orlando, I shouldn't tell everyone this. Down in Orlando, I won't get there until right as the doors are opening anyway. Yeah. And I'll go in the back. You go in the back entrance. You don't wait. Yeah. It's closer to where you're parking. And you just kind of roll on in there. And you're not. And there's not a big rush of people until you get out into the main auditorium. We, we didn't even make a big deal. We opened the last. You no, got the last one I in your hand. I didn't make the. No, I opened oh. it. I didn't make a big deal. I'm sorry, but here, here's the last one. And it's fitting that the sticker is the master control program tip that tells you nothing. <laughs> We've got a seeker, light cycle run. Oh, man. A seeker. Are those what those are called? Seekers? Recognizer. Recognizer. That's okay. Okay. Well. You haven't done a Tron podcast. <laughs> I have. I better know. Are the light cycles the best thing to come out of Tron? Yes. I agree. Yes. There's that woman smiling. Uh, her name. What is her name? Um, Carrie Underpants? Under, what, what is her name? Carrie Underpants? What is her name? I don't think that's her name. From Caddyshack. Oh. Is that who that I'm, woman I'm, is? Under... Underhill? Underwood? What was her name? I can't remember now. Come on. We've got an action shot here of a man getting derezzed. we got the old solar sailor. Oh, come on. Rifen gave me this, but I don't know where it is. Rifen is... He's the one who mentioned it to me, and I'd forgotten about it. Rifen is kind of a repository. Lacey Underall. Lacey Underall. He is a repository of knowledge. He's a repository of useless knowledge of that. He's got a lot of good knowledge, too. Yeah. But whenever you need to know something that, you know, it's like is ripen in the chat. <laughs> if you need a geek question answered, Rifen's going to be kiss, or kiss question. Well, and two, Rifen likes to... Rifen does like to be the smartest guy in the room without acting like it. He Rifen's the one person I know who read Ready Player One with his finger on the trigger, ready to find something wrong. Ready to find a, a, a reference that a was not correct. Yeah. And sure enough, I get the text. He's I've like, never heard of that book. What is it? You've never <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> sure enough, I get the text from Rifen. I found it. It's Def Leppard. They say such and such a company produced that record. And it wasn't. It was this. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Thank you. I'm like, are you really serious right now, Scott Rifen? Is that your mistake that you found? That's the mistake. Look at that. Sweet kid. You gotta take one too. Oh, I'm taking, I'm just gonna take them all. Oh, yeah. Well, you gotta. I'm not gonna leave the trash here. I know you're not gonna do that, but I mean, you gotta keep one. 
Oh, of course, yeah. Hey, this is Shaz Bazaar from Techno Retro Dads and Tron Decoding the Grid. Did you enjoy listening to Steve and I opening Steve's 1982 box of Tron cards? If you want to hear more about trading cards, find out what happened next as we went outside into the street. And at the back of Steve's car, we were trading the Star Wars Rogue One mission briefing series. All kinds of stuff came up out of that discussion. Tune in this Monday, November 7th, to Techno Retro Dads, and you can get the rest of the Geek Out Loud Techno Retro Dads trading cards crossover. Shaz Bazaar again, and I tell you what, if you're not listening to Techno Retro Dads, you should be, because Techno Retro Dads is everything that Geek Out Loud should be. They are fantastic. They do a great job. He and Jedi Schwa. And that how you do it, Shaz? They do a uh, they do a great job, and um, and I can't I can't recommend their podcast enough. I really really enjoy listening to them on a weekly basis. Drops every Monday. Techno Retro Dads, part of the Retro Zap Network. Check them out on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Um, so here's the thing. I'm playing Doctor Strange music because I'm meant to get into Doctor Strange's talkie talk, but I forgot to say my inflammatory comments before the Shaz trading card thing. So I, I'm, I don't have a lot of time to get into it too much, but I just want to say this. I've been catching up on The Walking Dead. I usually catch up on the previous season via the Netflix, you know, over the past couple of years. And it's always real casual. It's never really like, oh, I got to watch The Walking Dead. I got to know what's going on. Um, and uh, and then, of course, all the buzz about Negan coming on The Walking Dead and everything hit. And I'm like, well, okay. I, I Confession, I only read till about issue 85 of the comic of The Walking Dead. And, um, and so anything that happened kind of beyond that, I have no idea what went on. Um, and so Negan coming didn't mean anything to me. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, however, is a great actor and, um, and that was great. But, uh, yeah, so that happened, but here's the thing. The show doesn't make me happy. I don't enjoy it. I I mean, I get, I look, it is compelling and, and that sort of thing. I just, but I watch it. It just kind of disgust depress and 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 makes me sad to watch because sometimes i feel like the creator's just waiting to punch the viewers right in the gut um and and this really hit me in the middle of season five when there's this family in alexandria that you know you kind of become attached to and i guess that's the point you become attached to all these people and when this zombie herd breaks into alexandria and they're trying to get through it just really out of nowhere they get killed i mean they just and I mean, and it's and it's horrific because one of them's a little boy, and then and then the mom, and then the older boy goes to shoot, and Carl loses an eye. Carl loses an eye, and and it's just I was like, really? I mean, just like all in the span of like five minutes, I'm watching this. I'm like, this is this is ridiculous, and 
and then the way this whole season opened up with Negan and, you know, and he's a man, it's like, I don't know. It just, it, it this show's not going to have a happy ending. I mean, that's the point of zombie movies and that sort of thing. You're not going to get a community of people who learn how to live and reestablish civilization. I just don't feel like for all the pain, there's going to be much payoff. And, um, and I don't know. I, there's a whole thing about pop culture and society that, that I think goes along with that because it's like people get so excited about Negan, who's a psychopath coming into play. And I'm just like, why, you know, why do we, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I'm watching this thing and it's like, I'm just thinking here's the, I guess I say all this to say this. Here's my, here's my commitment to you. The, the best greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. Should the zombie apocalypse actually happen? I will not um, be someone who, if I survive it, I will not be someone who is only out for myself. I'm going to be someone who's looking to help others. So if you need help, and if, you're, and if you've got that mindset of let's rebuild society, then you come on and hang with me. I'm not looking to be a leader, but I am looking to say, that I just don't think this is how life works. I don't think that 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 anarchy rules and that someone like Negan could take power when he is one person, you know, and I know he's got a bunch of other followers, but he had to start as one. And my thing is he started as one dude, and I don't know if we'll get his origin or not, but at some point you gotta believe that that uh there can be some people take him over. I don't know. I just, I don't know that I'm going to keep on with the show. I don't know that it's something that I want to invest time in because it's just not happy. It's not happy for me. And I like my stuff to be happy. So anyway, uh, there you go. That's my, that's my statement. That's going to get a lot of people mad. That's my, I don't like Joss Whedon statement of the show. Now I want to not spoilery, but I want to tell you a little bit. See, we started it over again. I want to tell you a little bit about seeing Doctor Strange. And I'm not going to spoil it, so you don't have to worry about There may be some mild spoilers, but nothing that's going to ruin the movie for you. Um, you know, if you're, like, if you're like super spoiler sensitive, you might get ticked off. But I'm not going to, like, tell you about specific plot points or moments or anything. I'm going to paint in broad strokes here, ladies and gentlemen going to paint in broad strokes and hopefully get you pumped up about uh, delving into the uh, the Marvel universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe for another trip. Um, I highly recommend this movie. I, this is one, and I've said it on this show, I was very honest about my feelings and thoughts about you know not knowing if they could do this, especially after seeing some of the trailers, because my fear of the trailers was that they were going too much Inception with their visuals, with all the bending of cities and everything. But um, they do actually add in some of the psychedelic colors and it becomes more of a kaleidoscope thing. It becomes, when you realize what they're doing, it makes a lot of sense and it's not an Inception type thing. It's very, very cool. Um, this movie's not going to light the world on fire like a Guardians or a Cap 2, but it's a good movie and it's got the right balance of like fun and a threat and discovery and an origin story. Um and one of the biggest criticisms of Marvel movies has been the villains aren't really 
that great outside of like a Loki or some of the stuff that's been in the Netflix, some of the villains that have been in the Netflix series, which by the way, if you haven't watched Luke Cage, I recommend it. I really enjoyed it and it's worth your, it's worth your time to, to, to take some time to watch that. Um, but the villains really kind of harken back to the way the villains worked in, in the first Iron Man. Um, and, and a little bit more so because they really do a great job of setting up future movies um, based on the way you get invested in some of the characters and that sort of thing. It is, I was, I really like the motivations. I really like the look of the villain played by Mads Mikkelsen. I can't pronounce his name. Um, I like what his, his goal was and I like the way that he was a threat to Dr. Strange. Um, the, the, the Dr. Strange look, the classic Dr. Strange look gets put together in such a subtle way that for me as a viewer, I wasn't even paying attention. Like you, you see it kind of develop a little bit in some blatant ways, like when he shaves and stuff. And that's been in the comic, in the, in the, in the previews and stuff. But the moment it happens, it's like, holy crap, it's all together. He put it all, he put the whole look together. <laughs> I was just like, oh my, there he is. There's Dr. Strange. And again, never being this huge, huge Dr. Strange fan, but it's like, he looks like he does in the comics. And I was just, it was all I could do just to contain myself because I'm like, this is the best ever. Look at him. He is on the, he's on the screen the same way he looks at the, like he is on the page. That's a, that's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. And it just surprised me because of the way it happened. It came out of nowhere. You're going to love a cape the same way that you were made to love an ant, an Ant-Man and a tree in Guardians. I think you'll love a cape. Um, there is, um, there's an, the ending battle. I don't know that we've ever seen anything like what happens in the end battle on screen before. Um, just based on, on what they're doing, uh, with, uh, with, with the visuals and everything. The visuals are stunning. They are stunning. Now I did see this in IMAX 3d. Um, and I, I want to see it in 2d as well, but I, I'll tell you, if you can handle motion sickness and stuff, if you're not someone who gets motion sick watching big, I mean, get to a 3D, the biggest 3D screen you can get to because it will immerse you in such a cool way. The old Ditko visuals are there. Um, Steve Ditko, the, one of the creators of Doctor Strange. Man, it's it's all there. Everything that was on those old pages is there. And it's everything that I was worried would not be there is there. I guess that's what I should say. Everything that I was concerned that they were kind of overlooking was there. And I was really, really really blown away by it and really enjoyed it. Um, there are several post-credit scenes and I'm not going to ruin those, but they did set up the f a future Dr. Strange movie. They set up Thor Ragnarok. They set up um, Infinity War. All this stuff got set up in very subtle ways uh, as you as you watch this movie. There is, um, there is one Easter egg I want to mention because it may blow by you. The Living Tribunal gets a mention. Now, if if you're not a Marvel zombie from back in the day, uh, or I don't know, I don't know what, um, 
I don't know how I don't know when the last time this character was in was mentioned in in the Marvel comics, but the Living Tribunal, there are all these cosmic beings in the Marvel universe. This goes beyond Thanos. This is not um, this is not someone who's just super powerful and strong. This these are cosmic beings. We're talking Galactus level beyond Galactus level. Remember in Guardians of the Galaxy, there's the whole scene with the Collector. Where they see the the dude on the planet with the big staff with the infinity stone in it, those are um, they're called celestials and they're super powerful beings from from the time before times and all this stuff. Well, these beings are even a little bit more powerful than those, or they're on the same kind of level. And one of them is the Living Tribunal, who is basically God. I mean, he's like the judge jury and executioner of the universe he's this huge huge the the pictures have always been drawn of him just being kind of like incredibly huge and he's got a hooded face that has he's got three faces on either side on 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 the front and left and right of his head there are three faces hence the tribunal he's the living tribunal judge um judge jury and executioner and and so when when this man when one of the characters mentioned an artifact that has to do with the living tribunal. I just, I mean, I, by myself, I went, that's so cool. I just went, that's so cool. Just out loud <laughs> by myself um, in the movie theater. You know, there was a little family of four sitting near me and they were probably like, what is this fat guy? Oh my gosh, we're by a total nerd. We are, by, we are a complete and total wacko. I didn't really catch any other major Easter eggs. Um, I tried looking like for the Avengers Tower in New York and that sort of thing, um, but I didn't. I didn't. I I wasn't a sharp-eyed enough viewer or a sharp-eared enough listener to really catch any Easter eggs that really stick out to me that I that I remember. Um, and uh, and and so, but that was one that I did, and that just really. I mean, just scratched an itch from way back when. Let me talk about another. Uh, <laughs> let me talk about some more cosmic beings in the Marvel universe. There's the Stranger, who he's a cosmic being, but I don't really know what his deal is. He's just kind of a. He kind of just toys with people. I don't know that he's quite as powerful as Galactus, but he's not. He's more powerful, I think, than Thanos. You've got the Shaper of Worlds, um, who is exactly what he sounds like. He shapes the worlds. You've got, but the the biggest one is eternity. Who, if you can get outside of eternity, you're basically looking at the universe in a anthropomorphized anthropomorphized looks like a person. He looking like a man. Eternity is, and it's like he is just everything. And there are times when our heroes would be removed from reality. And and you would see eternity. So that's these are these cosmic beings and living tribunals like one of those. Chaos and order were represented as cosmic beings. If you ever read the old Silver Surfer comics, there's a lot of these. And oh man, do I want Marvel? Oh man, do I want Marvel? Oh please, Marvel, somehow get the Fantastic Four from Fox. Please do what you did with Sony and figure out a way so that we can have the Silver Surfer because I've never wanted a Silver Surfer movie like I do now seeing how right they did some things in this and and how well um some things were realized there was a moment when um and again mild mild spoiler this is nothing that's going to ruin the movie for you there's a moment where he is being shown all these different 
multiverses, these these different realities. And I'm telling you, one of them looks straight out of Ant-Man. When Ant-Man shrinks down and he ends up in the microverse, Stephen Strange went through there. And 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 I mean, I definitely did catch that. That looked that looked about right. Um, so I, uh, man, I really really love this. The there is an Infinity Stone mentioned, but it's quickly, it's in passing, and it's given it's given a moment. Um, but you know, there's enough to say, hey, yeah, we're connected to the whole thing. But what's really interesting is the person who says who uses the term. Um, I want to talk about Wong. Wong is, in, in the comics, he's always been kind of like Doctor Strange's manservant in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Here he is the keeper of a library, and he's kind of like, oh, he is the, he is the best. <laughs> he really is. I love Wong. Um, and, and I think you will, too. There's just some great bits that are done. The, this is a movie that I wasn't expecting much humor from and it was there and it was never inappropriately there there's one bit that i'm like okay that's pushing it a little bit but by and large when there was humor it was appropriate and it was well played and it was played in just the right way that someone is is playing a humorous situation very leslie nielsen style very straight and and it just adds to the the richness of the, the 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 universe and that's what marvel has done i think really well in these movies is not that these movies are like slap a knee funny guardians is kind of but they just the 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 emotions are real there's as much humor as there is a depth of sadness sometimes and sometimes the sadness is played out so much that there is no room for humor and marvel i think runs that walks that line very well. I think these movies have all walked that line very well, where there is enough humor to lighten a mood, but not overshadow the story, if that makes sense. And and this does that very, very, very well. Um, I absolutely, um, absolutely really like this movie. Um, let me see, what else have I got here in my notes? Because I don't want to... Like I said, I don't want to spoil anything too big. As I said, the visuals ended up not being Inception at all. They culminate into a big a big shot that's in the trailer. The shot with the city kind of folding up that's in the trailer is is part of a bigger sequence that is just totally worth getting to that one shot, and there's more to it than that. And it's just, it's really great. It is really great. Stay through the entire credit sequence. Um, because there are two end credit sequences. Uh, Derek Russell is uh, in the credits as the best boy grip. So congratulations, Derek. You apparently have the best grip of a boy. So well done. I don't even know what a best boy grip is, but it is Derek Russell, spelt the same. And uh, I texted him about it, and he said, yeah, he, he gets around. So it's him. You know, Derek Russell worked on Doctor Strange. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. He said, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, he said, I dabble. I said, you're the best boy grip on Doctor Strange. It just came up in the credits. Swear to the force. He said, I dabble. I said, of course you do. And he said, how was it? And uh, I'm now telling him because I'm just now seeing this particular text from five hours ago. Uh, 
Tell him it was really good. Um, finally, there is the score by Michael uh, Giacchino, and I didn't. I've had this score now for about a week. I, I got it on Amazon, um, and uh, you can get it on Amazon. Just use the Amazon links: geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. There's your shameless plug. Uh, and I've been listening to it, and I dig it because it's different. It's something different than the other Marvel movies. During Phase 2, Brian Tyler uh, did a lot of those movies in Phase 2. The Thor of the Dark World. He did um, he he did uh, Guardians. Um, he did he did the the whole Marvel logo thing. Uh, the, the first Marvel fanfare did Brian Tyler. And he's a he's a really accomplished um, composer himself. Giacchino is a composer, though, after the order of a John Williams. And one of the things that I like about this particular score is there is a theme for Doctor Strange, and he builds on that theme using all the tools at his disposal. You can hear in, in the track called, uh, and we've played it before, and I just played it earlier, you can hear in, in this track, the Master of the Mystic End credits, you hear that those guitar strings bending and you hear this weird ethereal kind of feel to it. And then there's almost like a, a harpsichord type sound to, um, to what they're playing. This here. This is an electric guitar going, you know, and he's, and he's really bending. He's letting the person kind of bend those strings and just kind of give it that kind of spacey, almost a Pink Floyd kind of quality. But then they kick in. And this thing here, I don't know what this... Maybe this is a guitar of some sort? But it sounds like an old Mozart uh, harpsichord piano-y type thing. I don't know what you call that. I'm not an instrumentalist. But with this theme, and this theme plays in different ways throughout the movie. And, and I realized about midway through that this... That, Giacchino has has after the order of John Williams done a a theme for this superhero and has built layer upon layer and has made that work and flow throughout the movie using everything from soft piano music to the heavy brass to I mean there are moments where like I hear John Williams influence on him in this entire score and so you can kind of hear it building throughout this whole end credit sequence and everything. And of course, as soon as I say, yeah, no, I guess that sounds more sitar there than, uh, but there are moments throughout where it sounds a lot like that old, you know, Mozart harpsichord organ thing. And this sounds like Queen. got the strings bending in there and everything it's just it's it's all it flows together to and this is just the end credits and and it's the one that i I pulled for the purpose of the uh of the podcast there but i will say this that it's a great score it's worth picking up and and it really plays well 
in the movie. And it and it's one of the things that made me happy. It's probably one of my favorite Marvel scores since Sylvester did his thing with Cap and the Avengers. Um I've had if I've had any any criticism of the Marvel movies, it's been that there hasn't been consistency amongst the scores. And and I like themes. I like for my heroes to have their themes. I'm I like the John Williams style of of composition and I like that um I like that it is uh it it I got lost in the chat, I'm not gonna lie. I like that this has that theme that plays through it. And and with the other Marvel movies they didn't seem to have that. And then when you went to the next one, say you went from Iron Man to Iron Man to Iron Man two, the score was unrecognizable. It was completely different than what um Razmin Dalaudi did. I can't. I can't pronounce the guy's name, so I apologize for being disrespectful to him. But it, yeah, that's you know that's. I think that's the thing. Is as as I was watching this, I was like, man, he could go so many other places with this down the road. And if and if we can pull together, and I don't know if maybe because I don't know if maybe they're going to lean on Giacchino for the rest of this phase the way that they leaned a lot on Tyler. Earlier on, or maybe James Gunn brings Tyler back for, um, for Guardians Two. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, and I'm not dogging on any of those scores, but you know, I just I remember watching the Avengers, and my big thing with Avengers, the first Avengers movie, was you had you had Craig Armstrong's theme from the Hulk, you had Cap's theme, you had the stuff that had been done in Iron Man and Iron Man Two. And just imagine if Alan Silvestri had taken those things and and even what Patrick Doyle did with the first Thor movie, imagine that movie with those themes kind of being played out and being really brought to the forefront. The problem is, is outside of what Craig Armstrong, I think, did with the Hulk and what Silvestri himself had done with Cap, there weren't any real themes to be pulled from Iron Man, Iron Man 2, or uh, from Thor. Though Thor, I love... Thor's um, soundtrack. I love Patrick Doyle's soundtrack for Thor. I, it it was one of my favorites for the longest time because it had it catches all the right the right beats. We need to walk through the Marvel music on a future episode of of Geek Out Loud is what we need to do. So because I I do like it, but there's not a lot that you'll end up end up humming when you when you come away from those from those films. I'm a, I am afraid. I do fear that that may be. Uh, very well the case so uh but i can't i can't recommend highly enough ladies and gentlemen dr strange go see it it's it's surpassed my expectations i don't know that it's going to be in anyone's top five but it's it's definitely continues i think what is marvel's winning streak of uh marvel cinematic universe movies so bring on spider-man bring on ragnarok bring on guardians 2 and we're out of time we are out of time. Here's what we missed. We missed, uh, I didn't get to talk about the Wonder Woman trailer. The Wonder Woman trailer looks great. We'll talk more about that in depth on, on the next episode. I was going to do a wrap-up wrap. I was going to talk about what we talked about in rap form just to kind of say, hey, here's how we're going to wrap it up with a wrap. I did not write that. Uh, <laughs> why even mention it? <laughs> why, why, why not just ignore what's in the show notes and not even mention it? Hey, next time, we, Arish and I are going to be doing Pass the Corn uh, later on this week. 
And then next week, uh, Lauren Sadowski Collins is going to be on to talk the 40th anniversary of Rocky. Lauren Sadowski is the wife of David Collins. I don't, that's not her identity, ladies and gentlemen, but that's how we met uh, at Star Wars, not Star Wars Weekends, but at the Rebel Force Radio meetup back in June. And we bonded over Rocky. And she was so great to come on. And, and that interview and that discussion, it's not even an interview, it's a discussion, will happen next week on Geek Out Loud as we celebrate this month, the 40th anniversary of the movie series that if there were no Star Wars would be my Star Wars, and that is Rocky. Thank you guys who joined us live at Mixer.com slash Goalaverse. We want to thank all of our Patreon supporters, Patreon.com slash GeekOutLoud. Don't forget it, GeekOutOnline.com and GeekOutPodcast.com. There are links to Amazon. There are links to Entertainment Earth. There are links to Think Geek, and we're getting into the holiday season. Please, as you do online shopping, online shopping, please use those links. I hate to beg, but that's what I'm doing because they really do help us out a ton when you use those links to do your shopping from those websites. If you want to interact with us between shows, the Twitter is at Geek Out Loud. You can follow the entire Goliverse to know when we're live and to know when shows are live and, and have been posted at Goliverse. I'm at Steve Glosson. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash geekoutloud. I'm going to put up a picture uh, of me and Shaz, or at least me, uh, with the Tron cards at Harvest Moon Cafe in, uh, in Rome, Georgia. So uh, check it out on facebook.com slash geekoutloud. The email, I'd love to hear from you geekoutonline at gmail.com and check out the blog at geekoutonline.com there's a new blog about the gremlins trading cards up over there and based on what David did for me uh, there'll be many more blogs to come on the trading card front so thank you guys so much for joining us until next time I'm Steve Glosson we'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud Before we go, everyone, one thing I did forget to mention on the uh, on the on the podcast proper, and I'll leave this in because I think it bears mentioning. Here in the states, we are in the course as we're recording this in the throes of election night coverage, and everyone thinks that their side is right and their side is best and their side is good, and they're going to be the answer for everything that's wrong, not only with this country but with the entire world. And the truth of the matter is, is no matter who wins today. Tomorrow we'll wake up with the same problems and we'll wake up with the same stuff going on, that there's no one individual that's going to fix anything. If you're in, uh, if you are a citizen of the United States, you know that this is supposed to be a government um, for the people and by the people. And it's only when the people decide that we want things to be a certain way that they will literally change to be that certain way. I say that to say this, treat the people you love and care about kindly. Um, look for ways to help people, look for ways to be uh, an effect, uh, be an effective positive change rather than griping about everything that's wrong. Um, on a very personal note, uh, I've never been shy about my faith on this podcast and, um, and I will not be shy about it anymore. The, the truth of the matter is this, that I do not believe that my hope is wrapped up in any political office. My hope is wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. And because of that, I'm not a citizen of this world, that I, my citizenship belongs to um, 
a kingdom not made with hands. Jesus said, in this world you'll have much trouble, and we do. But Jesus also said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. If you're looking for real hope, if you're looking for real change, I would encourage you to check out the real Jesus and find out what he's really all about. Don't listen to people who stand on stumps and holler about how right they are. Look for people who are trying to share um, share love and share kindness and find out where that compassion comes from. And uh, you may be surprised at what you find out. So take heart, my friends. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Um, let's just be nice to each other. Let's be kind and work hard. And, uh, and we'll affect the change that we want to see affected when we stop um, trusting in one or two people or politicians. Having said that, hope you guys have a great night. And uh, we have a big week coming up.